Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Just hearing an Irish man try and pronounce a French sounding <laughs> word. Yes, I'm changing such a my tragic answer food. to that. That's yeah. my answer as well. Maison de rendezvous. <laughs> Does she start stand up comedy? Taylor! <laughs> <laughs> well. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Welcome to a very special edition of Drunk Women Solving Crime. It's special for at least two reasons. One of those reasons is because for the first time ever, we have invited our supporters on Patreon to join us on Zoom as we record. They are chatting away in a little box to the side of the screen. It's very exciting. Um, If that's something that you'd ever like to do down the line and check out the other benefits that we offer on Patreon to our patrons, then go to patreon.com forward slash Drunk Women Solving Crime. But the second reason and it's a special episode because we've got a guest who we have wanted to have on for a long time. So we're very excited to have her with us. It's a fantastic comedian. Please welcome Alison Spittle. Yay! Yay! Alison, welcome! 
Boom. 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 I'm gonna help you clap as well, Shafeka. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very, very happy to be here. Thanks so much for having yeah. me. Uh, very exciting to be in, involved in a in a live Zoom. They're seeing how the sausage is made, yeah. and it's messy, isn't it? Yeah, it's been messy. We all agree. Oh my it's god, been, it's been messy up till this point. Uh, I got minced meat up to my elbow. Yeah, I don't know how then. I'm gonna get this off. Like it's crusted. It's the uh, you know. health and safety meets female workplace. <laughs> Well, Alison, we thanks again for for coming along. We always kick off the podcast with the same question, uh, and that is to ask: Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Oh, have I? Uh, I was chatting to my boyfriend about this, and he was like, uh, "You." So I've been robbed eight times. Oh, I've been robbed eight times. Uh, I've had I've, loads of different crimes have happened to me. It's the I think it's the flower. It's the flower headdress, <laughs> uh, but. I won't let them rob the whimsy from me. Do you know what I mean? I, don't let them. I won't let them do it. I won't let them do it. So, um, but I'm, I'm going to tell you specifically about a crime spree that happened to me over a two-week period. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like I'll tell you uh, briefly, one of the funniest ways I was robbed was I was cycling my bike. I had my laptop in my basket. I don't know what the hell I was going for there. And uh, a guy just jogged up and took it. <laughs> And I was like, I got to work on my cardio. If a man's able to jog up beside me when I'm at full pelt, like I am not cycling fast enough. So that was a, that was a big thing. Oh, shit. Um, That's so, awesome. <laughs> so I'll describe it. I was doing a gig. I, I came home from this gig. Um, I was about, I think it was about like eight years ago or something like that. I, I lived at this woman called, uh, I'm going to change her name because might as well, because I always use her real name. Uh, I'm going to call her Fantana, right? <laughs> so I had, a, I had a landlady called Fantana and uh, she was a bit of a character. Um, I moved in and I asked her whether I could have a key for my bedroom because she was a living landlady. And she said, if you've any secrets, you can get the fuck out now. Oh, so that was her wow. answer to whether I could have my house key. Where was and this? I thought, Where were you living? Dublin. Okay. Dublin, okay. right by the canal. It's a beautiful ah. house, right? And uh, she was, you know, she didn't like secrets, but she also wasn't very security aware either. Oh my like gosh. This woman. Um, and she would leave her her bedroom door, uh, her bedroom window open, which is right above uh, a little roofed uh, front door. So it's asking oh, for trouble. Yeah. Um, she would say to me, oh, Alison, I've got terrible corns on my feet. I have these terrible corns and they've been driving me mad. And if only there was someone who was kind enough to take these corns off my feet. I have the equipment no. and everything. She had the equipment on the coffee table. And because I, I was so young and I didn't know how to say no. Oh, I was just, no. Uh, I would just say, I really want to help you, Fantana. <gasps> but uh, I uh, my, I got carpal tunnel syndrome. My, my wrists are really sore at the moment. That's a good so excuse. Was, well done. I know. I didn't even know what carpal tunnel syndrome also was. Also gets but, you out of you know, someone off. Out. So that's... Uh... Oh, <laughs> Another benefit. That's it, Hannah. When I don't want you, it, when I don't want to, isn't enough. Carpal tunnel syndrome is there to help you with with unwanted hand jobs. You can have it in your mouth as well, right? Because I've used that. Yeah. <laughs> you got mouth carpal tunnel. Yeah, I've yeah. had that serious. Yeah. You got mouthful tunnel syndrome. Oh wow! Imagine- it's the it's the headache of 2021. I love it. We've we've just come that little bit further as with That's kind women of with bad excuses. That 2021 is like you've got no excuse. Not, not to service the men in your life. We have a long way to you go, still, Katie. Se- I'm sure you we need all agree. Several illnesses. You can't just say you're not <laughs> yeah. up for it tonight. 
no. Jesus Christ, but this landlady won't give you a fucking key because that's having secrets, but she wants you to saw off part of her person. Yes, so that's so that so uh, that's where I was we're basically at. I was quarantining her for a few weeks <laughs> and I came home <laughs> I came home one day, she wasn't in. Um and I, I came in, I was putting Graham Norton, I had some I was putting some nuts in the oven and there was it was like maple maple syrup and macadamia, my life was going good. And I heard these footsteps upstairs. So I called up the stairs because I, I know that she likes macadamia nuts too. And even though the corn stuff, we, we kind of got on well. So I was like, Fontana, Fontana. Uh, but what came down the stairs was a man with a pillowcase over his face. And I was like, that's oh, not Fontana. Oh, shit. And um, oh, instead no. of, I know, I know. Oh, I did it, not see this coming. No. It was all whimsical. I genuinely, <laughs> so just, even it was macadamia nuts one second ago. Yeah, I forgot it was I a know. crime. I forgot that's why we were here. <laughs> I was just like, I want to hear more about like your early 20s because they sound amazing. You, were, you felt like I was practicing medi- medicine without a license. I was like, corn, I was corning all the women around yeah, Dublin. Yeah, like, yeah. Corning. Um, but yeah, he came downstairs. I was like, that is not Fa- Fantana, right? And instead of going out the front door, he came into the kitchen to me because he kind of assessed it. It was just a woman on her, on her own. And he said to me, he kind of came up to me and he's like, car keys car keys right Ooh. now um i so i said to him i i tried to learn how to drive when i was 15 but i couldn't work the clutch <laughs> and i started explaining in minute detail like why why i couldn't provide this man of a car <laughs> and uh, he looked at the table he saw my uh he saw, he saw my bag on the table he went for that i ran out the door i started screaming i've never i've never had a reason to scream before in my life i'm an incredible screamer like just the power within my lungs i was roaring right and uh i was roaring for help i was going help help and this like 13 year old girl with a chihuahua came up and i was like you're not helping anyone and and we just stood there waiting for the man to come out so he came out and then uh the police came so remember i told you it's a spree so we're gonna get into other bits now right the police came. I decided I'm moving out of Fontana's house. I was like, no, I'm traumatized by this, by by being robbed. I'm, I'm moving out. And uh, never did her corns. So I feel like it's a victory in a way. It took a crime for me to, for me not to do her corns, right? Moved into a new house. And uh, I wonder if she ever started to believe in keys and locks. Maybe keys are better than secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe some secrets are you know meant to be like the secret of security and feeling safe in your home yeah Uh, (laughs) the most shameful secret of all (laughs) so i um i moved to this new house the landlord was lovely i told him why i'd moved the policeman uh who helped me like they they kind of uh came came into the house they were very nice and he said give me a ring and he was really good looking so i was like okay oh All like right. i was quite i thought oh my god this policeman must be really into traumatic women because i am crying loads like oh, and he was like and suddenly you're like, like the carpal tunnel is just gone <laughs> yo babes babes i was like it's a miracle i'm cured you know <laughs> my wrist is so flexible now but uh, this, uh he he told me to give him a call uh, and i was like okay cool and he's like if if you want to know where the next place you move to is safe so it was professional uh but i moved to this new house landlord was lovely he kind of uh said you know what my front door is really old and if you're um, uh, afraid of uh, robbers and stuff like that, I'm going to get a new door of eight bolt lock on it. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. So he got a new door installed. 
But the person that installed the door left the old door beside the new door, like in the front garden. So if anyone who was a bit crime way would look look at this house with an, with an old door beside a new front door, they might go, mm, I might give that a bit of a check and see if that opens. Because sometimes people don't learn how to lock Ooh. the door properly with their, you know, in yeah. the first few days. Oh. So I went... I went to see Taken Two with my new flatmate. Uh, we were bonding. It was good crack. Came <laughs> home, and uh, there were there was two men up at the top of the stairs with crowbars. Fucking right? hell! So I <laughs> I turned around to my new flatmate. I was like, I know what to do. Don't worry about this. I've been for this before. And I just rolled up into a ball, right? Rolled up into a ball like a little hedgehog and started swearing at them. <laughs> I was, I'm going to call the police so hard when you leave. I was roaring and shouting at them. And these poor robbers, they were the nice, they were nicer robbers than the last robber. They were like bears. They were more afraid of me than I was of them, right? Right. They just wanted to no get out. Pillowcases, <laughs> no pillowcases. No oh. pillowcases, Pete, this time. No, no pillowcases. Also, pillowcase. Like, what a shit choice, generally, as a disguise. You know what I mean? Um, so... They tried to open the front door, but the problem was that I was rolled up in a ball in front of the front door. <laughs> so I was physically blocking the front door, just swearing at them. So they had to like lightly foot me to the side, just lightly foot me to the side. Like I was a pair of dirty knickers under a bed or something like that, where you just get rid of it quite quick. And um, and uh, yeah, they went. And um, and that was, that was, you think that's the end of the crime spree, but it's a trilogy, <laughs> right? Then this all happened within a week. This all happened. Oh, oh my God. Within a week of each other, so I'm doing comedy. I'm not. I'm not feeling the safest in ha- in my house, so I'm spending a lot of my time outside. And uh, I'm cycling home. It's about half ten at night. It's getting dark. It's the summer, and um, I'm about a street away from my home. And I hear this noise. I hear this person go, "Hello, oh hello," and I was cycling, looking at the handlebars, going. That sounds far too much like a flasher to be an, like an actual flasher. Right. Like I was like, you must have a look. And I looked and it was this guy and it was a guy holding his dick out. Right. And he was waving at it. He was waving in a really weird way. He was waving like you do at a washing machine or something like that when you're showing it off. <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was just Here's a, what you could have won weird... on our game show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> so i i scream i'm i'm cycling as fast as i can home right i open up the door of my my house and i'm crying and my flatmate comes down and she's like what's wrong what's wrong and i'm like i've just been flashed and she laughs and she goes oh alison only can happen to you like it was a <laughs> mr bean up. situation or something <laughs> like that that would be the most grim uh, episode of Mr. Bean I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. like, can yeah. you imagine the episode of Mr. Bean where he gets flat? I would actually like to see. This is a genius. I would too. Because, like, oh, he didn't like the food, so he put it in his bag. What's he going to do with a fucking flasher? I want to see this. He's going to be clinging on to that teddy, just like, you know. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. The world needs this. Is Mr. Bean doing yeah. the flashing or getting flashed at? No, he's getting flashed. Ooh. He has to be the victim. He's Mr. Bean. Because uh, I thought, because Katie, you were way too into that. And I was like, we've got to make sure that oh, we yeah, can. Like, I want to see his dick. I just want to see his dick. Can you, I mean, like, we all we all want to see Mr. Bean's great. dick, yeah. though. Can we I've agree? Got, I've got some like... fan fiction. I'd quite like Mr. Bean. <laughs> I want to see Mr. Bean. Bean's Mr. Bean, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Show us the bean. Um, so I do like so, that your first reaction, though, just at his voice was like, "Oh God, you're hack." Yeah, 
genuinely. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit on the nose, How Mr. Flasher. Yeah. And also, there's a part of me as well. I don't know why. And maybe this is why I get, like I, I I'm the victim of so many crimes. But there is a part of me that goes like. What if it's a really eccentric man who wants to give me money? Like, what if it's like he's just throwing money at the side of the road at half ten in the middle it's of Dublin? It's not that, you know. You know, I know. I you, never. Your gut's not wrong. No, but um, I get <laughs> oh, home. No. The police. This the the police were so they were. It was so different. Was it the same police uh, all three times in this one week? <laughs> no, I wish. I wish. No, the 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 third time the police came in, and because they knew it was a flashing situation, they kind of came in, and even before they saw me, they're walking through the hallway, and they're like, and they're just shouting into the hallway. Don't worry, he wouldn't have touched you at all. He's what's known as a voyeur, right? And it was just oh, wow. for me. Just hearing an Irish man try and pronounce a French sounding <laughs> word was just hilarious, like sommelier or something like that, you know? He, he likes the finer things in life, this guy. So, so I'm just there um, and they ask me, if, like when you get asked, you know, like what did they look like and stuff? Because I've, I've been robbed um, before. I felt like I'd gone through this process so many times. So I really wanted to catch the guy. So I was like, well, um... Uh, he was he was dressed like a member of the Backstreet Boys from the late nineties, <laughs> and the policeman he wrote that down, like in his notebook, he wrote that down to help him in his police work. Wow. Like, it's a good description, yeah. I, was it, it was, was it he genuinely. <laughs> it was the yeah, it was the open zip. Do you know they all had that in the uh, in the late nineties? Like, Backstreet's back on. He stood up when the key change of your scream changed. <laughs> Me about the fucking Ain't like nothing but a flash. <laughs> Tell me why. But he, uh, can you imagine like the police going on the radio then after going like, uh, Nick Carter is struck again, you guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Backstreet's back, all right. Like as if. <laughs> but those, that's my crime spree. Wow. That's my, that's my oh crime my spree. God. That's incredible. What a, what a did, week. Did they? You're fucking know. What a week. Did they catch any of them? Not one of them, baby. Not I've been I've like so I've gone to the police so many times about stuff, and not nothing. You know, it's not like uh, it's just you know, you know, true crime gave me a false uh, kind of like impression of how often crimes get solved. Okay, so I've been, like <laughs> including the flashing, I've had like nine crimes where police have taken statements. No, not wow. one, not one, and then nothing, nothing. no follow well, up. Wow. In an attempt nope. to get closure, we always ask um, if you had the perpetrator here. Now, in your case, you've got a choice of three, or you can speak to all three of them. What would you say? What would you say? Yeah, what would you say? What would you do? What would you ask? I would definitely, I'd be very thankful to the second robbers who went straight out the door. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Like, you wanted to leave. The first robber. I, I, w- I would say to him, like, uh, I don't have a car. I'm what of it, prick? Like, uh, you know, if uh, he's been restrained, isn't he, at this stage? Yeah, oh, like, yeah, you know, you, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah, safe. Yeah, you yeah, can buy that him in that the face. Police you what you want. That you met. <laughs> and the third one, the flasher, uh, I would genuinely be, what would I say to him? I would say, what do you say to a flasher? Like, you know, 
how do you how do you get into the mind of a flasher like what's their vibe it's a good i mean i know their vibe because it could it's it's yeah. a very broad fucking wedge isn't it with like the whole like did they want you to be annoyed you don't want to shout at them mm. if that's what they want like do they want you to be scared because then don't be scared like it's a fucking ridiculous situation it's such a ridiculous it did like I did. It did give me a nervous breakdown, but it was a funny one. So it doesn't like I stayed in my room for two days and then ended up pissing into a pint glass. But then I was like, oh, I know, I know the tree of you've gone all sad now, but genuinely, it's very funny to me. The whole, the whole concept of me MacGyver in a toilet out of a pint glass is just, you know, do you know. I would have filled a lot you, of pint glasses in two days. <laughs> Mate, I was just a full-on pint, just from from stream to end. Like I clipped off just at the pint mark. I was like, genuinely, call me JD Weatherspoon's babe because I was. Did you leave like just a perfect head of that frothy? Sometimes. Oh yeah, there was oh a bit God. of frothy top on it there. A steaming pint. Cheers. That is that is just one of the best lines I've ever heard. <laughs> Said out loud. Well, Alison, my God, thank you for sharing this uh, this trilogy of harrowing crimes. No butter, babe. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Are you guys ready to? Uh, mm. I, I I don't think we could be more ready after that. Like I am, like I am geared I, up for some true crime now. I got a fresh pint. Are you drinking a pint, yes, Hannah? By the yeah. way. How are you doing with that after that story? Is it? You oh yeah, you're <laughs> straight in. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to separate it. It's. Um, it has got quite warm actually because it's been here for a while. So it's, <laughs> it's not ideal, but it is quite nice. Uh, guys, this is the case of Marguerite Alibert, a French mm. socialite, like who isn't. It's a person that one article described as a very versatile woman. So let's see if we can't figure out what the hell that means a versatile woman she had a husband and a baby (laughs) Um, marguerite Marguerite was born in 1890 to a working class french family and at 15 her four-year-old brother is tragically killed by a passing car in the street um so a very tragic start to her tale how do her parents respond to this loss Do, do we have a year yet she was born in 1890, mm. and this happens when she's 15. Okay. So 1905. Well, right. They <laughs> right? 95? 95. 1895. No, she was born in 1890, so it's 1905. It's 1905. Oh, that's they- three minutes we're never going to get back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Would they, like, take a trip on a steam engine? I'm trying to think of stuff they would do at the turn of the century. Mm. A, a so they get away from it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe they'll... Yeah, you know, like therapy that's some fresh walks and stuff. Okay. I think you're giving them too much credit. I think that it's, I mean, I imagine it's quite harrowing to lose a child. So I imagine maybe, and also I don't feel like therapy was as big a thing as it is now in 1905. It was mainly fresh air. Mainly fresh air. So I... Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe it's like a saltwater enema. They were big into them in the the days, maybe... A nice, you know, walk on the beach in a saltwater emina. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm wrong, aren't I? I'm wrong. Imagine if you were right, (laughs) Alison. That would be awesome. 
But wow. did they do something slightly unusual, Taylor, as to why you're answering the question? I don't know how you would have gotten to this, but um, they they react as you would expect very badly, but particularly um, because this was the younger child. They blame Marguerite for his death because in their eyes, she should have been looking after him all the time. Um, yeah, so they send her off somewhere. Where do you think they send her? I think maybe a nunnery. That feels like sort of where you'd send okay. a girl who'd, by the sounds of things, killed her brother. No, I'm joking. It wasn't her fault. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah. So a nunnery. Nun. So a factory where they make nuns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that was a real word until we started doing this book. I'm like, is it really called a nunnery? Really? <laughs> I just would I wouldn't have called it a nunnery. Nunnery. What? Maybe I knew it. Who knows what I knew? I don't remember anything anymore. Any (laughs) any other takes on it? Nunnery, Um, very good guess. uh, Maybe they sent her to the seaside. They did use the seaside a lot. Yeah, they. Go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say saltwater enema again, and then I decided against it. The saltwater Uh, enema to come into this. It might, Alison. Like, keep the faith. It might turn things around for these people. It doesn't not involve saltwater enemas. This case, I wouldn't say it doesn't. (laughs) What? Okay, Katie. I just like this is the worst day of this person's life. Like, not only has she lost her four-year-old brother, but her parents are blaming her. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Like. Already, I'm incredibly sad. <laughs> Don't like true crime anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> they send her... Yeah, nunneries. I can't top nunnery. Well, I will give it to you for saying nunnery. It wasn't technically a nunnery, but it definitely involved nuns. It was a boarding school called the Sisters of Mary. So oh, it was that feels run by yeah. nuns. And don't get too excited about the word boarding school because as soon as she gets there, they place her as a domestic servant in a house. So they're more like recruitment mm-hmm. consultants than teachers. Like, you want a maid? We've got some maids. Um, so a year later, she's only 16. Marguerite gets kicked out of the boarding school by the nuns. Why do you think she would get kicked out of a Catholic boarding school at the turn of the century? Because that's difficult. She was playing rock and or roll. Rock and or roll. <laughs> Um, he denounced transubstantiation. <laughs> was, like, was, that, was that it? Was that that's it? excellent. That's, I'm going to stick with that. That's what I'm going to Yeah. Say. Oh, and- my God. <laughs> oh, I love your answers, Alison. Um, was she doing <laughs> doing some Robin or something? Was she, like, mm, was she a bit of a naughty, a naughty girl? Because as we know, she, okay. she killed her brother. So, um, sorry. <laughs> I keep pushing this. I don't know why. This is the stuff. Because it's one of those, like, there's no way we can make this funny, but then we're like, but we'll just keep pushing it. Can I just try? No wrong answers. It's already terrible. Rule of three. If I say it one more time, it's going to be funny. No wrong answers. (laughs) Well, she she gets pregnant. She gets pregnant by an unknown man, and she gives birth to a girl called Raymond, who everybody loves. (laughs) And one source... Such a stupid joke. I, I nodded happily. I didn't laugh out loud, which is really, really helpful for the podcast. <laughs> that was, ge- I mean, and that it's was generous. Ha- to it's even it's helpful for the people watching live on Patreon. Join Patreon. Sorry, continue. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to see what Katie really um, thinks. Occasionally, so- she'll nod. <laughs> 
So one source said that her daughter was sent to live on a farm in central France. Another said that they don't really know what happened to her. So choose your own sad adventure, kids. Um, not Don't worry. It's about to get so much more like salacious and exciting. So here we go. Um, not long after all of this, Marguerite meets a woman who changes her life forever. That woman has a business called Maison de Rendezvous. Oh. What do you think that business was? That was terrible French. Maison de rendezvous. <laughs> rendezvous. <laughs> it's like, I'm like that cop trying to say French. <laughs> they like, I'm voyeur. Voyeur, yeah. I, I'm not girls allowed, so, you know, I can't speak French. <laughs> I, I, I presume rendezvous, is it like a... Uh, a, a place of meeting? Yeah, like right. A meeting of mine? I'm fluent in well, French and I concur. I'm pretty sure that's what it means. <laughs> What's it? Nice. Is, there not, uh, is there not a chain of hotels called Malmaison? Is it called yeah. Malmaison? Which, which makes me well, think no. that well, Maison... Maison is house. Right, at the house of rendezvous. Is it a brothel? Because if it's not, then I'm okay. opening a brothel called that because that's great. But okay. Mal is like <laughs> ill, isn't it? Yeah, Mal. Mal's yeah, that's bad. Like bad house. Malmaison is yeah. They think they're I so. Stay they at think the bad they're house. so cool in Malmaison just because they've got like purple <laughs> walls. Brothel is a pretty good guess, isn't it? It's where people meet. Although it could be where if it's mate, like rendezvous is like maybe it's maybe it's like the first Facebook or Friends Reunited. People haven't seen each other. They've lost touch, mm-hmm. but then it's like they can write in and go, I want to find my friend. Oh, I'm- You know what, guys? It's a fucking brothel. Okay. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> it was always going to be a brothel. Come on. Um, but in particular, it caters to high society clientele. Okay. So this woman, the madam, is called Madame Denon. And under her tutelage, Marguerite basically learns how to score posh dick. That's what she's doing. She's a versatile woman. So Madame Denant described Marguerite as the mistress of nearly all my best clients, gentlemen of wealth and position in France, England and other countries. It was me that made a sort of lady of her. Right. It's touching. It's like Adele with her English teacher. It's just really nice. (laughs) Real impact. So one of her regular clients was a wealthy wine merchant called Andre Malay, who bought her an apartment and she spent her days riding horses in his stables and most evenings with him. There's not a lot of room in a stables, Uh, though, if he's just she's just riding around a stable. <laughs> just go backwards, go forwards, go backwards, go forwards. Like a terrible carousel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those things in the supermarket you see going yeah. on with the horses going up and down. <laughs> yeah. Putting a pound in every, putting a franc in every so often. Yeah, uh, what my mistress wants, she gets. If she wants to ride on this stable horse that's just in one I love, I love that you picked up on that little detail. <laughs> so great. Like, you just went for the little visual. That's great. But that would be... I think if, she was allowed to leave the stable. No, but if it was horse. Mr. Bean, that would be what it was. oh my gosh when the relationship ended with andre he gave her some money as a sort of settlement um in today's pounds how much money do you think andre gave to marguerite as a sort of goodbye and thank you six hundred thousand oh wow okay i'm gonna go for three hundred thousand 
Okay. I sort of want to know more about why and how they broke up because there's a few relationships where I'm like, I don't deserve those DVDs back. But other ones where I'm like, yeah, actually 50 quid would be nice because you're a bit of a dick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't want a scandal. He's rich. That's like, fuck off and never tell the press money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think that he might. But someone did tell. I mean, we're here. here. Someone (laughs) laughed. (laughs) Yeah. Did Did he gift her like a horse? Maybe. 163,000 pounds. So you guys all Ooh. went you guys all went a little bit higher. Now I feel, I feel pretty cheap because I was like, sign me up. I will I will ride horses and a man for a couple years for 163 grand. That's sad. Okay, in 1917, Marguerite meets her most famous lover. He's a royal. Would anyone like to wager a guess who he was? And if you're not sure, I can uh, give you some hints. Okay, wait, it's 1917. What is it? 1917 now. 1970. Edward? No. Edward? It is. The Prince Edward. It's Prince Edward. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Straight out. Straight out. Edward VIII. Prince of Wales. Mr. Mr. Potato himself, you know? Isn't it Prince Edward that the potatoes are named after? I mean, I should know this as an Irish person. So <laughs> oh, it might be. Yeah. Oh, they must be. Yeah, King Edward. They should be called abdicated. Am I right? Uh. Abdicated <laughs> potatoes. I was just trying to make a nerdy joke, and I feel like I made it. I feel like I made <laughs> Good. it. Good. So yeah, this is the Prince of Wales, the guy with who would go on to have just a ridiculous reputation. He abdicated from the throne. He he, you know, throws it all away for a socialite called wallace simpson and i only know this because i watched the crown um thank god for the crown it's the only reason i only partially fit in in the uk but he's only 23 in 1917 and his military buddies send him to marguerite for a quote-unquote sexual education he had apparently lost his virginity to a concubine but they thought he needed a little bit extra is that like one of those little animals (laughs) <laughs> like those spikes are gonna get <laughs> why are his friends so involved in his sex life and they're like oh yeah that the other sex worker that we hired for you said you weren't that good so you need military military dudes oh okay it's what they do also, the guy's fucking right? a porcupine like is that what i heard that right <laughs> <laughs> but when they say sexually educated i don't think they're going like we really want you to satisfy your future wife. Like, it's not like... You know, yeah. Not... <laughs> yeah, what do they want? They're just interfering. Yeah, they just want they want him to shag again. That's all that, you know, but they're, they're pretending it's like an education thing. But it's a definite... It's like seeing, you know, when men force each other to drink pints. Like, oh, do just, you think? Just... Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is the equivalent of like, no, you're doing a shot. You're doing a shot. <laughs> Do her, do <laughs> her, do her. Make her <laughs> orgasm. Yeah, it's magic. It's Wouldn't all about great? her pleasure. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Come in one. Come in one. Oh dear. Um. So yeah, but look, they go on to spend over a year together. They have a very steamy, steamy affair. Um. Until Edward loses interest. Oh. He does not give her any settlement money, and she is pretty pissed off that he, uh, you know, breaks it up. He does give her breaks a, it off a with lovely her. big bag of potatoes, doesn't he? 
little sack of spuds. <laughs> I'd be quite happy with that, to be honest. There's so much you can do with potatoes. I mean, I know it's a segue, but chips. my God. You can have a jacket potato. I mean, and so much beyond even that, Katie. Like, they're just, oh, no, just so helping. versatile. More versatile oh. than marguerite. If anybody uh, on Patreon that's watching right now that's is right. wondering what bits we cut out, it's mostly potato stuff. Taylor does always go to every single episode. She's like, I'm going to talk about potatoes. <laughs> the thing is, every- I just love potatoes Wait, so much. I mean, I'm a big fan too, don't get me wrong. They're great. She's like a woman scorned. You can understand, you know, she's got this high profile guy. Um, not only does he not give her any settlement, but the royal family are like, okay, well, you need to never talk about this again because this is really embarrassing and we have a reputation to uphold Edward you rascal imagine shit like that going on today (laughs) (laughs) so they're really but Marguerite's mostly she's just crushed and uh, so what does she do next does she get a revenge body maybe Okay. She's kind of like, yeah, fuck that guy. I don't, oh, no. yeah, I don't care. Was, I love the idea that like a 1920s revenge body is just like, look, I mean, just a little bit more nourished. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have two bowls of soup now. Yeah. Well, maybe she. Ugh. Now she's got a bit of money. I don't know whether she invests in something or she does something completely different i kind of i want that for uh-huh. her you know i think she sounds like somebody who had a hard start in life and then mm-hmm. you know she's been taken under the wing by this woman but arguably it's not really a good time for her necessarily sure so i sure. like to think she's done something like she starts an etsy shop or something she just does a little bit mm-hmm. her. she does something for her. the thing is it's it's such a weird time because like so i've been doing like a bit of a deep dive on this era and people would get engaged and if they had sex or whatever, if someone then got unengaged, they'd do this breach of contract thing where they'd have to pay, the per- the man would have to pay the woman he didn't marry that he kept off the shelf uh-huh. for two years that she could have been marrying someone else, like a mm-hmm. fee because it was a breach of contract and blah, blah, blah. It's called something other than breach of contract, but I can't remember what it is. But like, so if you're just going to fuck a high class hooker, in like a sex worker, sorry, like <laughs> instead... Like, you're getting your whatever you want, but you don't have to, like, have a public court case where you owe them breach of contract money. Right. So it... You're having your potatoes and you're eating the skin. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it's weird that they didn't want to pay her to begin with because, like, that's the quickest way to make everything how they want it. Sure. And that might come back to bite them. Yeah. Let's just see. Drunk women solving crime. This is a patron shout out. It's a little bit hungover because we won the Writers Guild Award last night. We stayed up really late and drank some stuff that was put in our hands. But I really want to thank our patrons. I'm improvising this. Thank you so much to Marcy Fermier. I know you live in Texas, so I don't know how to say your name. Maybe it's Marcy Fermier. Then we got Chrissy Caulfield. Hi, Chrissy. Thanks so much. Caroline to Vate. Now I know I've said that wrong. Vate, maybe the T is silent. Let us know. To Vite is my last attempt. Oh, that blows. The last one is Maria Fernandez. Why did I change the melody? 
Oh my God, is this really going on the episode? Check us out at patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime if you want something like this to happen. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support, guys. We love you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What do you think she does next, Allison? Well, I think like uh, that period is definitely a big time of invention. Uh, maybe she invented the potato waffle. Ooh. Uh, she's scoring. <laughs> They're waffly versatile. Yes. Oh my God. It's all good. Oh she's God. a versatile woman. Yes. Woman. I'm sure. I'm sure they were invented around that time. Why not her? Why not Why her? Not? She's yeah, she's crying over her ex. She's mushing some uh she's mushing some potatoes into a square thing and then pushing it down, you know, like her heart. <laughs> and then there we go, potato waffles. That- it's it's a- Genuinely, I've cried so many times over potato waffles. They're, they really are like my tragedy food. Like, oh, they're such a good... Oh, yes, I'm, yes. I'm they're such a tragic food. I'm changing my answer to that. That's <laughs> yeah. my answer as well. That checks out. I'm happy because that's such a fantastic answer, and it also means that all the potato stuff is staying in now. Because we need context, yeah. Amanda, so sorry. <laughs> I think I'll give it to Hannah just because she... She does the courtesan equivalent of getting a revenge body. She just takes on as many clients as she can to just sort of flaunt it in his face. Like, I'm dating this rich guy, I got his money. I'm dating this rich guy, I got his money. Does the opposite of what I said, though, because I hoped that she did something for herself, and now it seems like she's doubled down on what she was doing before. So she's. But in the strangest way, that is how she's finding her power, you know? Like. Yep. Not even in the strangest way. It's like, this is what she knows. It's what she does. So is she really happy? I think we're about to she's find that oh. out because my next <laughs> sentence is, but she's not happy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Just like Mark Zuckerberg. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my revenge, you know? Oh, wow. Imagine Zuckerberg as an escort. That would be so boring. Oh, it'd be so boring. So... She's not happy, even though she's getting wealthy herself. She's doing what she thinks it should take to get happy, but she decides she needs something else. Uh, what do you think she needs? She wants an apology. The main thing is that she felt snubbed. She doesn't care that they broke up. She just cares that it was slightly disrespectful to not give her the payout money. Mm. Like, so 
if they could just do some kind of courteous whatever the gesture would be because she feels snubbed. A fruit basket. Fruit basket would go some way, right? If she's at her lowest moment and she's trying to do... Does she start stand-up comedy? Because I kind of feel like... <laughs> she takes... Yeah, she takes a show to Edinburgh like, like anyone would. She beats the gong. I mean, it's kind, it's kind of just a sad and, oh, no, isn't this just along the same lines that aren't quite working? She wants real love and a more stable life. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. So she marries... She gets married. She marries an, an Egyptian lord. Ooh. I was going to sing because you make me feel like a versatile woman, but I feel like there's no need for it now because we have like a nice potato thread going and I don't need to bring Aretha into it. But Aretha Look is it always welcome. <laughs> so his name is Ali Kamel Fami Bey. That's B-E-Y. In 1921, he was ridiculously wealthy and his nickname Bey is kind of like Beyonce, uh, but Bey means Lord. So Beyonce's nickname in Egypt means Queen Lord. Nice. Wow. That makes sense. That checks out. How do you think they met? Ooh. How does one meet an Egyptian lord? Was it at the Maison de Rendezvous? Good guess. She's not actually working for Madame Donant. She's uh, she's freelance now. <laughs> was, it- was she at the pyramids? Was she like trying to get the juice from a mummified? Uh, you know the way there's like mummy juice you can get now? No, I do that. not. Sorry. But no. you know, there's mummy juice you can <laughs> just get. Sounds like breastfeeding, that. <laughs> no, that's not, yeah, that sounds like juice. what I call wine. <laughs> uh, I don't think that happened, and I can't give a logical answer. So I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna step back. Never step back. <laughs> Never. They meet while she's on the job, basically. Oh, because um, she's escorting another man and he's at an event in England. She's with another client, another wealthy businessman. He's just so taken with her that he finds out who she is and asks to meet. And they have a very quick romance. And soon he proposes marriage and invites her to come live with him in Cairo. Wow. And the yeah. end. It's just a really happy story with no crime. Hey. No, there's crime. There's crime. Oh! Sorry. You cannot take her whimsy. Oh, no. You may take my life, but you will not take my whimsy. Marguerite, although she had indicated that she wanted a more stable and real love life, she hesitates at his proposal. Why do you think that is? I will give you a hint. It has to do with the cultural divide. I Maybe he's got like some other wives and okay. she would have to go and live in his house and okay Dude. she'd have to learn some new languages and stuff it's a big mm-hmm. it's a big thing to do mm, excellent guess did he propose via flash mob <laughs> yeah and she was like i'm out yeah that's that's a that's a big no <laughs> Like, what is this? 2004? No way. God, I would I love that. Sorry, I'm just throwing that in there. And it's too late for me. I'm married already. But I would love a flash mob. In your name. Oh, would you love a flash mob proposal? Oh, my God. Yes, you for the entire so room wouldn't. around me to just break into dance and song for no me. Way. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. I wouldn't yes. even like a flash mob to advertise a mobile phone. I was like... <laughs> Yeah. Someone asking me a deep like, person like, question. This is obnoxious. What the hell is yeah. going on? <laughs> Vote 
microphone must be involved. This is obnoxious. And this is the cultural divide, guys. But the thing is, like, if it was happening to someone else, I could enjoy a video. If it was happening to me, I'd be Mm. like, oh, come on. Like, (laughs) well, that's that's a good point. What I really like, uh, maybe not. Yeah, right? Maybe not. Okay. And my marriage is safe. Propose. in the most beautiful way you're gonna be like and you want a flash mob yeah he proposed at the top of a sand dune on a beach in wales and i was completely oh, surprised oh my like, really i wasn't nice. even showered i had like a shitty sweatshirt on he's like oh do you want to go to uh three winds bay and i'm like yeah okay like i was almost like i don't know i don't oh, feel like that's perfect. That's being a total so dick romantic. and he got down on one knee and the best part was he started sliding <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's a yes, don't fall down the dune. So yeah, that is, it that was is also my how he died. <laughs> and, he's, and he's dead now, and I'm married to a different guy. So. That's genuinely yeah. one of my favorite stories I've ever heard. It's lovely. It was, be- it was, it was really beautiful. Proposing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was top notch proposing. And then we went to a pub. Perfect. And just stared at my ring and. Oh. Anyway, back to uh, back to murder and back death, to true crime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any other ideas? Why would she hesitate at this proposal? I mean, I guess in a way, yeah. she has to give up her job, right? So it's kind of if oh, it is something that gives she loses her... an income. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of, and also like what she sort of does as well. Because I've always like, didn't Meghan Markle have to give up acting in order to join the royal family? And I've always thought that's such a massive thing to ask a woman to mm. do to give up her job the thing that makes her who she a is a huge part of her identity yeah yeah not that you know you're... and she sounds really good at her job and it sounds like her job took her away from such terrible things as like the nunnery and stuff yeah. so it sounds like you know like uh she's good at her job i'm sure it gives her work satisfaction because you know it's a, it's her kind of freedom so. yeah yeah i agree i agree yeah well i think in a sense that is at the crux of it. You know, I don't think she ever phrased it quite that way, but that's at the crux of it. Um, on the cultural side, in order to marry Bay, she had to convert to Islam. Okay. Uh, so she had two clauses drawn up. The first clause stated that she would be allowed to wear Western clothing. And the second one was that she would be allowed to divorce him in exchange for converting. Uh, do you think Bay agreed to both of these? Well, the way you're phrasing it makes me want to say no. Do you no. think they agreed to both of these? <laughs> well, so, you had, like, so my whole thing was like, he might have other wives, all that stuff, but she doesn't care about that, or it's not that's not part of her clause. So, because in theory, he's allowed like four wives and stuff. If she has well, to... that might come up in a moment as well, okay. but yeah, so... <laughs> that hadn't come up just, just yet. I'm going to say he agreed to it, just to be a bit different. Well, but so one of them is divorce. One of them, what's the other one? Western clothing. I reckon he agrees to divorce because if she's annoying, he wants rid of her. But he doesn't agree to Western clothing because he doesn't want to be embarrassed in front of his friends. Okay, good guesses. I think he, yeah, doesn't doesn't agree to either of them. And it's just like, you know, if you're marrying me, you're like, you know, I'm so, I'm such a lord. You're either in or you're out. Yeah, exactly. Well, he agrees to the Western clothing clause. (gasps) Whoa! And then, in theory, he agrees to the divorce one. So she says, okay, let's go for it. And she thinks it's all done and dusted. And then he retracts on that and hasn't actually signed it, it turns out. So he pulls out from the divorce clause, and then they're just so far along. She's like, well, I'm sure we'll be together forever, and we'll all be happy. (laughs) So, um... 
And then he also adds this cheeky clause, Katie, that he would be allowed to take extra wives. So he kind of slips <gasps> that under the radar. So this isn't, is not a brilliant start. But to so she didn't already know that he could just do that. He'd agreed not to. I'm not sure if they had specifically spoken about that. I don't know. Okay. I just know that um, for, from the source I read, he kind of snuck that in at the end. Like, okay. hey, we'll throw that clause in there. So, um, shockingly, they fought like crazy after huh. the marriage. Um, and this is just my little Psych 101 diagnosis. But I think they both wanted the other to be something that they weren't. Yeah. So Bay wants a submissive, obedient wife. Marguerite wants somebody who loved her outrageousness and open sexuality that she had come to embrace that had really worked for her. Mm. What could possibly go wrong? So they fought all the time and they fought in public and they just became these notorious figures in high society that people loved to watch right. fight. And my question is, do you like to watch people, um, like couples fight in public? Because I really like it. Oh it's like God, a guilty thing. Do you know what? I thing. don't like it. There's a point. Do you not? No, because it's too much like my, really it's too much like my fucked up family. <laughs> and oh. it, it makes me not feel safe. Like, oh. there's, there's, a, there's a point where there's, there's like a... Katie's not safe on the central line. <laughs> Hannah, I... I know that you like watching fights. I can tell. <laughs> no, you know what? Right? You love a fight. I don't. I'm like, really, because I've like... God damn it. I feel horrible. <laughs> Taylor. Do you want... I, Allison. I, lo- I love watching fights. My YouTube front page is disgusting. Like, I watch so many fights. I watch fights at McDonald's, fights at KFC. They're into different... I watch so many fights, they give it to me. The algorithm serves it to me with different uh, fast food restaurants. Uh, sometimes I go out on a Saturday... I don't really drink and I'll just stay out at like 2 a.m. to go to a chip shop uh, just to watch fights while I'm having chips. It's like dinner and a show. It's amazing. <laughs> it's genuine. Dinner and a show. <laughs> so Bay felt constantly humiliated, humiliated, <laughs> humiliated <laughs> by Marguerite. Marguerite felt undermined and controlled by Bay. And in fact, she started accusing him publicly of doing something that she was not a fan of. What do you think that was? So, so she's accusing him of doing something that she's not a fan of. Yeah. Did he like fart underneath the duvet and hold it over yeah, her head? Cupcaking. Did he do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cupcaking. What? What, what what do you call a thing where you like you fart into your hand? Cupcaking. Is that is yeah, that cupcaking? Anything cupcake. to do with yeah. farts. He did it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> any any, advance, <laughs> any advance on cupcaking? <laughs> yeah, is it going out with other women in public? That's a really good guess. It was in fact anal. Well, that felt like anal sex. I just didn't want to say that because it seemed like, oh, like that's what you want us to say. No, it was anal. Okay. <laughs> it really oh, was. No, she that... referred to it as unnatural intercourse and started keeping tabs of um, all the abuses he was committing against her. She started calling him an abuser um, and started documenting oh, wow. what was going on. Now, there were rumors flying around that Bay was actually gay, gay Bay. And this was, at the time, a real humiliation for him because this act was associated with homosexuality. So this was a way for her to go, look what he's into, guys. So this was, he was super, super so humiliated. So she was telling people. Oh, yeah. She she made this public. She started making a point of speaking up publicly publicly i can't speak anymore publicly about the what stuff. year is this <laughs> i don't know 
And before anal was invented. It's before yeah, anal was it's invented. They're in Egypt, right? It's the it's the yeah, it's the very early twenties. So it's illegal in Egypt. I don't know. Is it? I would assume it was. I think we can all tell this is still leading to one big happy ending. Um <laughs> Bay and Marguerite go to London to see a show called The Merry Widow. They return to their hotel, the Savoy. Um, and funny enough, this is why we know about this case because we were we decided to do like a really fancy drunk women dinner, and we're like the Savoy. People used to do the Savoy, and then our um, producer found this case. We're like, has anyone ever been murdered at the Savoy? Oh, um, spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! Oh, come on, we all knew a murder was about to happen. So listen, it already happened at the beginning have... when she killed her brother. <laughs> anyway, that was the third time I tried it. We're not sure. Do you know what? Hannah, I, sal- I salute you. Anna, I love it. When we listen yeah. back to the edit, we'll decide. Um, <laughs> after the show, they get into a huge row in the hotel, which everyone in the hotel could hear. Bay leaves Marguerite in the hotel room for a few hours. At 2 a.m., something happens. What happened? You're really asking who Someone kills who, aren't you? does get murdered. I really did do a spoiler there. Sorry. She murders him, I feel. Okay. Mm. What? That that was my main question because I did figure we would know by now like one of them's gonna kill the other but which way is it who kills who she's murdered him and she's kept a log of what he's done and she- okay that's what oh yeah if we okay. know her log uh, yeah I'm gonna go she yeah. kills him because she, she's on home turf that's not the right phrase but she's probably more confident that she's not going straight to prison mm-hmm. also like this is her only Good way thinking. out if you're gonna be the guy that doesn't sign the thing saying that she's allowed to divorce then uh, this yeah. only, but, I mean I don't know that we do sometimes just always side with women but like, i'm kind of yeah. yeah fucking if he is like he brought this on himself well if he's abusing yeah, he her is. and he's literally sign you know, the divorce thing to... or stop doing anal pick one well <laughs> he's signing his own death warrant there yeah basically going the only way this is gonna end happily for you is to kill me so good luck with that yeah 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 you know yeah you are correct marguerite shot and killed Bay at 2 a.m. Wow. Three shots, wow. execution style, with a Browning 32 pistol, which would really ruin your cream tea the next day if you were staying <laughs> in the hotel. I feel, let's just take a moment to yeah. think about those people. So we're thinking about the other people in the hotel. Yeah. That their holiday was ruined. Always. Yeah. Um, I think it's very funny funny, ironic, not haha, that, she, that they saw a show called The Merry Widow. Right before she did this. Just saying. It's one more step towards understanding irony, guys. I try. I really do. (laughs) Americanism working against me. Marguerite is arrested for the murder of Bay. It all goes to trial, which you can imagine was a shit show. Everybody wants to be in court for this. This is 1923, and her trial is coined the spectacle of the year. Now, you would assume... That with Marguerite killing Bay in cold blood, there being no other suspects, this would be an open and shut case. However, I will tell you now, she's acquitted of his murder. So your final question really is, how the fuck did that happen? Was the jury suddenly a flash mob? And they got thrown out of court because it was like, we hate them. Why does he keep doing this? Did did she threaten to open up her book of clients? Oh, you such a good guess. You I, are thinking along exactly the right that's lines, That's brilliant. Alison. She uses oh her royal God. leverage. Detective special. Oh, absolutely. That's really I feel, clever. 
Um, I, I'm not just all potato waffles, mate. I'm like, mate, ah. you're inventing the toaster over there that you can put the potato waffles in. <laughs> which you're waffly versatile. I have put potato waffles in a toaster as a student, and it was great. It and was. Quick. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. We and still toast them to this day. Are you not supposed to? Well, it kind of made the toaster eventually start to... Anyway, we don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> we don't have time for this. We're trying to solve a murder that we know happened and See, we know I who w- did I it. See, I was going to go a different <laughs> way, but... Okay. But, what was your thinking? Um, no, Alison, I've changed whatever I was going to say, which I can't 100% okay, remember. Okay, because we know we're going Alison has the right cracked lines. the case. She uses her leverage. Yes. Well, what leverage in particular? The royal guy. Yeah, Edward. Royal. What do you, what sort of, what form of blackmail has she got against him, do you think? knows what his dick looks like she cried that out on speaker's corner hear ye hear ye yeah yeah it looks like a potato that's why they think (laughs) she's got enough of a paper trail she can like is it skin on or skin off wait it's europe (laughs) a sweet potato i wouldn't mind so much have you written a covered wagon no i haven't wait now i have that was that was me when i moved to the Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Taylor, you fit straight in. Take that out. My mother listens to this But she's very proud she of knows. you and she loves you very she's much. She's very proud of my promise. My mum would have some notes if she even understood any of this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you got it. You got it. She's got letters that she has kept yeah. from Prince Edward. Paper trail, and bitch. Yeah. Paper trail. And she basically says, hey, royals, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need you to yeah. help me out here. And if you don't, I'm taking I'm you gonna with be me. Releasing. Yeah. I'm taking you with me. And it's kind of interesting the way they go because it, it kind of suited both parties. So the royals made a deal with the court that Marguerite's past could not be discussed during the trial. Mm. And the thing is, that looks a lot less dodgy just to say like in the name of justice we shall not besmirch this court with this poor woman's background with these salacious <laughs> Interesting. details. Interesting. Yeah, so, which wow. they can't and not that we have any <laughs> skin in the game, but that's amazing. Yeah. So they can't talk about any of the sex work. So she just looks like a lovely wife. Not that you wouldn't be well, a lovely th- wife, but like not just a lovely wife, but a wife who has kept track of the abuses of this man and then i mean look in the interest of nuance not to do like bad person good person it definitely veered into like there are there are quotes from the court case like he was a sadistic oriental man like there was very much yeah, this really easy like you know these foreigners are crazy and they like can you? And yeah of course so they totally played that card and when you look at that it's like of course she got acquitted so to round things out marguerite lived until 1971 wow. she was 80 years old when she died um she was still carrying her husband's title lived out her days in paris she played some small parts in movies of course wow everybody needs to do a little bit of acting at some point she charmed some more wealthy men and when she died her grandson discovered that her lavish lifestyle had been funded by settlements from at least five different men amazing 
amazing. So here's Ama- two versatile women. What? Yes. I mean, she is. Drunk women solving crime. This listener crime, Elizabeth Nielsen, has just put it into the chat four months after my daughter was born. My husband and I went out for the first time. Oh, such memories of that. It was a weird evening. Thanks to the friends we met up with being on their way to divorce discussed during that dinner. That's super, super awkward. When we relievedly got back to our car, the window next to our baby's seat had been shattered. Nothing appeared to have been taken. Who broke our window? Why? Did our divorcing friends take their relationship issues out on our Toyota? Or is the real crime (laughs) that we procreated in an overpopulous world? (laughs) It's a lot to unpack, Uh, Wow. (laughs) Oh, what a shit first date out. Like, Keep it to yourself. Like, don't even bring up the divorce. Just be like, hey, it's your first night out. Like, tell them tomorrow. I'm just angry at these friends. <laughs> That's a big deal that first time you go out. Anyway, I'm drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's been taken. Nothing's been taken. So it's our job to speculate who could it have been. Maybe it was like uh, someone from Nissan. Maybe the, the rival of Toyota. <laughs> They're like, no, fuck this. She's going to break the next time I see. Yeah. I just think that there was a baby seat in the back. I think that's outrageous. I think that's like, that's bad to, I mean, it's bad to smash a kind of the window of a car anyway. But if you know someone's got a tiny baby that maybe needed to come home from the the dinner. I don't know what you do. Do you take babies to dinner? Probably not. But you know, like the idea of. I, th- I think this was the first time out without baby. Oh, baby. That's that's sort of what I. Do you think maybe somebody had gathered. seen the baby seat and thought the baby was in there, like like dogs in hot cars? They were like, "There's a baby in there," and then they realized <laughs> it was There's an invisible baby. <laughs> definitely well, definitely well intended. So to save this baby, I'll smash the closest window to them. <laughs> On top of it, yeah. Because I care about child welfare. I so where where I when I was what? Jeez, look how red I am. I've only had like a large glass and had large also other glass. But um people used to steal baby seats all the time in London. Wow. And they would break into cars just for the seats because some of them are really, really valuable. So I don't know if this was a chancer who was like, Oh, this is only from Sainsbury's or something, or I don't know. I don't know. Do you think- I think maybe it was a taxi driver who was bringing home a couple with a baby. There was no baby seat in the taxi. And they're like, oh, solution. I'll break the window, get the baby seat, have it in the taxi. They go bring him home and he's like, oh, I feel guilty. And he puts the baby seat back in where he found it. No. No. Have, you've obviously never installed a baby seat. It's too difficult. <laughs> Once, if you can even get it out, you're never putting it back in. In fact, maybe that's what happened. Somebody's like, hey, I've heard these are really valuable. And then they try to actually get it out. And they're like, this is fucking impossible. What is ISOFIX, motherfuckers? And then they moved on. That's my of best course. guess. Yeah, of course baby seats need to be sturdy. Why am I thinking that they're just very clippable out? Like, they're, <laughs> like, they're just not helping a crash. Yeah. That's how they sell themselves, but they are not what they say they are. <laughs> yeah, the, the baby seats are like cool girls, you know, where they go to people like, I'm a cool girl, you can cheat on me, it's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm cool, I'll just and have a beer. And then comes the and pain. Then, yeah, it's actually, actually, I would like some fidelity, please, and a bit of respect. And they're like, you told me you were cool. Uh, yeah, that's what I think they are. It is. That, that, yeah. that should be the real advert, but that would be a good sketch. <laughs> like, as an advert for car seats. Oh, I'm cool, girl. Oh, wait, am I? Yeah, <laughs> fuck up just your whole day. 
<laughs> just a man in a bar looking at, at it as there's a car seat just smoking a cigarette down the bar you know <laughs> sliding down their number towards him like how about it baby you know <laughs> oh my god god i remember reading this thing once it was in the, i think like in the, i think it's the guardian or the observer or something does this like article once a month that's kind of my real life experience or whatever and it's people who have just cr- mm-hmm. had crazy experiences and one was yeah. this woman who was parked up outside her house after she'd gone shopping her baby was in the baby seat she took the bags out of the back turned round to put them just literally by the gate of her house and somebody had run in stolen her car and driven off with the baby in the car and oh, she was just God. like yeah. so they like ran the police it went crazy and then they found they found the car abandoned like two streets away because the guy fucking realized there was a baby oh. in there i remember this story oh. or hopefully it's the same one this probably I happens do not, more than i want to know traumatized i mean it's just a horrible That's horrible oh god i could, I'd just i can't imagine the sinking feeling of like i've lost my car seat elizabeth i hope that helped and <laughs> We we have just you can replace a baby, but some of those models like they don't bring them out every year. So yeah, you you can't fuck a car seat into existence. You can't, you know. Allison, oh. we have just enough time to ask. What have you got going on? What can you tell our listeners about? Where can they find you? What can they? Come on, come on. Enough so, about I, us. I think I'm doing Edinburgh this cool. year. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be called Wet. I'm not sure. I might have changed my mind. But uh, I'm going to be doing lots of work in progresses around. Uh, Excellent. I'm calling them Wet Wipes. Uh, <laughs> so if you see one of them, it's a, it reads better than it, uh, than I, than it says <laughs> as a joke. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I got a podcast called Wheel of Misfortune. And uh, I got another podcast called The Alice Spill Show, which uh, I think is coming back this year as well. And... Uh, I think I have another podcast called Arc Findus Crispy Pancakes Feminist, but that might not exist. <laughs> but we'll see. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. Allison, yeah. you're awesome. Oh. Can you do every uh, episode, yeah. please? Oh, man, it's so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. No, Genuinely. the pleasure was yeah, all ours. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. And you have such a lovely audience. They're so, they love you so much. <laughs> It's so nice. They love Genuinely. you as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, You're that's just one more time for Alison Spittle, Yay! everyone. Yay! Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. I'm pressing leave right now. It's happening. Bye! Bye! Bye. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.